It's Monday. It's morning. And, and it, it's don't you dare. I was thinking about don't it. Don't you dare take this from I me. I said, what do I need darts for anymore? Listen. <laughs> I can do this. The reason this episode's coming out a day late and a dollar short is because Scones has been trying to overthrow the entire institution of Monday Morning Macabre. He said, we don't need I a thought... skeleton band. He said, we don't need a more we, a, a talking spider named Mor, Mor, Mo, Morbo. Morbo, yeah. Morbo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Uh, Mormo is... is <clears throat> You have something in your throat, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mormon. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> so, um, so that's why we're a little late. Also, it's because electricians called me, and I've been waiting for these electricians for a couple months now. What do they call like, you? They call me Sixy Boo. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, wow. Those are really nice electricians. Yeah. Uh, so I paid them extra. Uh, but they're like, hey, we gotta, we can come over right now. Like right, like five minutes before we were going to record. So If you don't move. Things got pushed back. Doo-doo. Electricity. Hold on. I'll be right back. All Darcy, right. Give them the old razzle-dazzle. Listen, guys. Uh, Scones has to go do something. But in the meantime... Let me play you a little tune. Let me tickle these ivories. And by that I mean play the mouth trumpet. Alright, Darce. Okay. Um if you guys can name that tune, that would be lovely. Ooh. Uh Scott, you missed out the playback. A little mouth trumpet action. Don't worry about it. Yeah, sorry about that. I hate yeah. missing some mouth because I'm good mouth trumpet. Dude, you haven't you haven't lived till you had the Mormon mouth trumpet, dude. Oh no. Oh no, Elder Dars. <laughs> Papa Dars Misty. Um Scones, how has your Oh wait. First of all, shout What's out, in the news? Shout out Thanksgiving. Two days away. <laughs> Yo, Thanksgiving's a real one, dude. Yo, re- honestly, turkeys, they're the real ones this time of year. Dude, just all the carbs in my mouth. All the carbs in my mouth. You find when you get like a here. stuffing and potatoes on the same plate and you're just drenching them both in gravy indiscriminately, it's just amazing. It's I don't do either of those things. I'm crazy. Oh my gosh, you're out of this world. I dude. bring a get... lunchable to be respectful. <laughs> <laughs> I bring KFC, baby. <laughs> if you see me without one of those yogurts with a dinosaur head on the top of the plastic bottle, uh, Yo, I'm thankful for that kernel, baby. I'm thankful for my Elsa from Frozen outfit from my party. What, I, what do? You, what's your What's your plate plan on Thanksgiving, though? Plate plan? Plate plan? Um, yeah, give me your plate plan. My TPP is to usually go well turkey, of course, even though it's never good. <laughs> really? Though, well, every time I try turkey, like turkey's such a dry meat. Oh, you just don't like turkey, but you eat it because of the custom. Yeah. 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 Dark or white meat? Have you tried both? Uh. I usually go white, but I think I might switch to dark because maybe that's not oh. as dry. <laughs> you got to start eating one of the legs now that you're a dad. I mean, you've that's been a dad true. for a while now, but you got to be eating that leg at the nah, end. Nah, I got to sloppily carve that bad bird in the kitchen. Oh, Just like slap it around yeah, like with my bare sweater. hands. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really teach it. Call the... it names. <laughs> <laughs> put up, put up like a little boxing ring for you in it. Yeah, exactly. I win most years. Um, Hell yeah, dude. So. Always do you do win. the do you do the bag stuffing where you pull the bag out of the turkey? No, I I actually it, it's been my one aunt, my aunt Debbie. Shout out Aunt Debbie. Shout out Debs. Um, she's been cooking the the turkey for my entire life, so I've never seen how it's done. 
Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's disgusting. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I can imagine the process. Really and then I gross. always see the videos of people trying to fry their turkey and like yeah, going and they to their house, kill themselves doing it. Yeah, I have, I have fried. Goals. I've been present at a frying of a turkey. Okay, and it was cool. And but that's not illegal because the people I was with were competent. But it was like, was it I don't good? know. It seems like such a whoa, mystery whoa, whoa, to me now that you say it. Oh, you what, frying the turkey? Did you have the fried turkey? Yeah. Oh, was yeah. it like awesome? Oh, it was amazing. It was uh <sighs> the the skin is like the bet like so good that once you kinda you ever take a bite and then all the skin comes off by accident, this or chicken. Yeah. And, and then you're, you're like, like, fuck, I don't even want the rest of this. Yeah, you're now. like, can I just give this to the dog? It's kind of like that. And uh, I throw it to my uncle, who we call the dog. <laughs> he does a backflip and runs into his whole house. Yeah, he goes, arf, arf, arf. He, yeah, exactly. He eats it. <laughs> then we pat his head. This, um, is, uh, this is not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, guys. Welcome back. I hope you're excited for Thanksgiving. You can tell that we are. Um, this is the second part of the Maraschino Mogul Mystery. I like that you're introing it like NPR. Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome back. We um, have the, uh, from Brooklyn, on, the, uh, uh, um, today, um, um, from Red Hook, we have <laughs> a band that records inside of an old slaughterhouse. <laughs> they use watermelons for guitars. Uh, guys, this is an NPR. This is uh, uh, I couldn't come up with a Hit cool him with acronym. it. <laughs> RPN ripping, baby. Because <laughs> they're going to grip it and rip it, baby. Listen, RPN, we gotta, dude, always ripping. <laughs> we got another half of this story to tell. So without further, a dude, where's my car? Oh, See what shit. I did there? Relevant. I only <laughs> Good relevant movies. Sean, get over here. Uh, Sean. Hey, oh. What's his last Shout name? Shout out, Sean. No, not that Sean. Sean oh. from Dude, Where's My Car? Oh, uh, Sean, Sean. Sean. I keep wanting to Sean? say Sean Aston, but it's I not do Sean too, Astin. but it's not Sean Aston. That's what's going through my head as well. Sean. Sean. Fuck. It's what definitely happened? Sean, what has right? He been in late? Uh, yeah. And he, he was in like every movie from yeah. 2000 to 2008. Right. It was uh, sh- not Sean Parker. <sighs> Hold on. Now I'm just going to have to look up role models. Oh, I looked up Dukes of Hazard. <laughs> <laughs> Role models movie. Sean William Scott. Yes. Shout out to him. <laughs> this one's Shout for you, Sean, Sean William Scott. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's Country Mac, and it's always sunny. <laughs> Band? Why don't you just... Why don't you just skr, skr. And Hezzy Hey. Another beautiful hymnal. Another beautiful rendition of the course. Monday Morning Macabre intro theme. They hit it the same every time. It's amazing. Even with the like the, the, the fade in, fade out. You know, like they they just they, like they copy and paste it, it. Down, dude. They're the opposite of jazz musicians. There is no improv, no difference. They're the it opposite the of adults. Chitty bang, <gasps> and we pretty much amazing. <laughs> <clears throat> Excuse me. So, what a another very 
very topical <laughs> reference. Listen, those are like I haven't pretty grown, close to the same era as Dude Where's My Car and Jimmy Bang. I've been in a cryogenic tube for the last 14 years. <laughs> you have a, a sheet uh, of things that you've had to catch up on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're, been, you're just at that point. <laughs> I've just gotten to Chili Bang's big hit, opposite of adults. Um, but don't worry, because that doesn't stop me from reading this New Yorker article. So Ooh, we left off. New Yorker, as they call it. We we left off with uh, people. The, the bees returning red. Uh, and then the is a cat purring into your microphone right now? A cat just jumped by me. Why is there a? a... I can hear a purring. <laughs> there is no purring. You might hear like a. Uh, Every that'll... time you speak, there's like a purring under your voice. Yeah, that'll be removed. Um. That's my childlike sense of wonder. <laughs> Just buzzing <laughs> out. So the um, the bees were turning red. Turns out it was the Maraschino Cherry Factory. In Dude, the... I hate that. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I'm so fucking passionate about that. And we were just getting to the topic of smells of marijuana coming from the factory. Okay, now is when Jesus gets involved. Yeah, this is when Jesus is like, oh, that wheel, do you mind? Uh, so... First, you change my bees that I made. Or no, yeah. he didn't make the bees that God made. And then second, you're smoking the devil lettuce. Smoking devil. Yeah, you, you got funny sticks and silly bees. We're going to put an See, end to this. Jazz cigs and silly bees. God, hand me a lightning bolt. That's fucking um... Brooklyn if I ever heard it. <laughs> jazz cigarettes and silly bees. Amen to that. My father was a funny man in that he didn't share much, Dominique <laughs> said. <laughs> I can't get over the, it sounds like a, a cat is purring into the microphone while you're talking. I don't talking. know what. Can I picture that that is actually your cat how, sitting there just okay, purring? Okay, there is, there is no purring. So now I'm like, is my audio completely effed? So I will begin reading the article from where we left off at the end of last episode. Yeah, me and my dad hate devil lettuce. This is, uh, they're talking to... Uh, Johnny Maraschino. Yeah, Johnny Maraschino's kids. Okay, so the heirs to the Maraschino the, fortune. Yeah, the Maraschinoldren. Wait, they're the only company that makes the like the cherries that you see on like toppings or in drinks and stuff like that. That's like neon red. Ones, they're not right? the only one. They aren't. No, you think they're the only factory doing this in the entire world? Well, I've heard like wait, wait, maraschino wait, wait. maraschino cherries is like that is the kind of cherry, but that is not like I know, but I've heard that like universally for that cherry. I, I don't mean they're the right. only ones that make cherries. I mean that neon red dessert. Yeah, cherry yeah, 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 yeah. That is a maraschino like, cherry, but this is not the maraschino family. Oh, <laughs> and it's been a while. <laughs> His name is not Johnny Maraschino. Well, <laughs> that was how am I supposed to know? Me, that? I can't last, think of a way I would not know who. I would his, not assume that that's Johnny his last Maraschino. name is Mandela. That's so close, dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Scones has sucked down a few too many Shirley Temples. Um, but anyway, the article continues. My father was a funny man in that he didn't share much. Dominique said that was just the way he was. We've come to find out only after his death what a pioneer he was in this business. Dana said, He was very private. We'd ask him questions when we were little, and his response would be, What, are you writing a book? (laughs) 
So he is like the prototypical like Brooklyn guy. Also, like fuck him. He wasn't a trailblazer. They're not even named after him. <laughs> yeah, they're not even Maraschino. He's not even Johnny Maraschino. He's Maraschino's. not even Johnny. He's Maraschino's Ralph senior, Mandela. Dude. <laughs> yeah, like who fucking cares? Uh, don't get us wrong. I'm sorry to that family. I, I don't mean to come <laughs> at you, but really, I don't care. Don't get us wrong. He wanted us to learn, but at the factory, he would have wanted to make the decision for us. Dominic said. The capacity that we're working at now, he would be so impressed, Dana said. But I don't know if he would have been able to see all that. Not in his lifetime, because it wasn't in his nature to see it. To allow us to run with an idea, especially as it pertains to here. He was the type of person that did everything on his own. So just again, a summation, uh, the kids have now taken over the company after the death of their father. Right, and then there's also a guy who's the leader of the beekeeping cool guys that's yes. angry and with them. He Well, he came by, well, he was... Like, hey, your stuff's turning him red. And then Ralph was like totally chill with the dude and was like, oh, yeah, let's fix that. So all is good with the B people. Okay. Um, But we're going to discuss, like, how exactly their father died because it's... Uh, that's that's where the macabre the macabre lies. That's the macabre, the macabre, gooey macabre center. Ooh. <laughs> so um, let me skip a little bit forward. My dad gave me the most impressive, gorgeous wedding I could have ever asked for. It was 145 people at Our Lady Queen of Peace in Staten Island. And wow. we had the reception at the Palace in Somerset Park, New Jersey. I wore a white silk dress, etc., uh, etc. Et we were very Dude, proud of him. Nothing proud says, of our like, perfect Pinterest wedding like Staten Island <laughs> in New Jersey. Yeah, exactly. If you don't have giant smokestacks in the background, what's the point? <laughs> if you don't have a turnpike. Right in the background <laughs> of my boho chic lights. <laughs> Um, so, so as we mentioned, the, the, uh, the authorities were catching wind of this like marijuana stuff going on because <laughs> all these people were like reporting like, Hey, there's smell of weed coming out. But like, people were like, is it the workers? What's going on here? That's crazy to me that of all of this <coughs> at an industrial factory, people are like, is that, is that fucking yeah, weed? <laughs> right. They're like, yo, he's, yo, he's keeping a stash and not no sharing with in, me. <laughs> no one in Brooklyn smokes. Yeah, Bro- <laughs> Brooklyn's got too many churches for that. Um, so we cut to when the raid finally happened. Uh. It was a surprise. On February 24th, 2015, a Tuesday during working hours, officers of the Department of Environmental Protection, the New York City Police Department, and the Brooklyn-, Brooklyn District Attorney's Office came to the Cherry Factory with a warrant to search parts of the premises for evidence of illegal dumping of wastewater. A lawyer for the company later described the action as a guns-blazing raid, which it was not, but the officers did arrive in numbers. <laughs> I was going to say, imagine being <laughs> like you're just, you fucking work for the EPA. <laughs> you yeah, get right. sent you there just, and like, up like a, end up in a gunfight. <laughs> like a drug pull up bust. in a SWAT outfit, like full riot shield shotguns. Like, I just want to test your water. <laughs> <laughs> so their warrant hadn't allowed for the searching of Arthur Mandela himself. Excuse me, not Ralph Mandela, Arthur Mandela. As the officers moved through his factory, he became more. So wait, this more is agitated. the dad or the son? Arthur Mandela was the dad. Oh, okay. Here's where I'm getting confused. Okay. Arthur Ralph Mandela is his name. Okay. So he's the father. His middle name is Ralph. Johnny Maraschino Sr. Yeah. So there weren't had allowed for the searching of Arthur Mandela himself. As the officers moved through his factory, he became more and more agitated. While examining some shelves, they found what appeared to be a false wall. They told him they were going oh. to send for a warrant to they search behind like the, it. 
the wrong book. Yeah. They, they yeah, he, they're like, what is this old timey fireplace doing here? And he's like, <laughs> don't pull the candle. This sconce on the wall is just yeah. here with this well lit candle. Um, so while examining some shelves, they find what appears to be a false wall. They told him they were going to send for a warrant to search behind it. As they waited for the warrant, Mandela excused himself to use the bathroom. Once, in, <laughs> once inside, he locked the door and would not come out. Why did they fall for that? <laughs> Pro gamer move. <laughs> um, so the police tried to persuade him to unlock the door. He refused and asked them to bring his sister, Joanne. They did. Through the door, he said to her, take care of my kids. Then shot uh. himself with a 357 Magnum pistol he had been carrying in the ankle holster. In his Jesus. ankle holster. Yeah. So, in his mind, they're about to find this hidden compartment, and my life is yep. over. Really sad. Yes. To have strangers going through his factory must have seemed, for such an inward and self-created man, as if invaders were rummaging around in his brain. The factory was his world. He had thought ev- out everything in it. He was it. When he suddenly could not control what was occurring in it, or what was about to occur... He could erase the nightmare only by erasing himself. Experience Jesus, had, this writer yeah, is this really, writer going is really in. yeah. Experience has shown that the revealing of a secret of a secret life can be a motivation for suicide, but nobody saw the catastrophe coming or imagined the aloneness of this man. The day it happened, Dominic called me and I was like, What? What do you mean? Was he depressed? <laughs> Dana said. I mean, I didn't understand. Then all the news about the marijuana came out. We never knew. Reading the articles that came out, that's how we knew, Dominic said. I guess he was protecting us. I remember I was actually out sick that day, Dana said, and then I came here and I saw that there was a lot of police activity, and I didn't understand, because if somebody killed themselves, why would there be so many police? Behind the false wall, the officers discovered a ladder leading down to a large basement, 2,500 square feet in space for about a Holy hundred... Shit. Yeah, big. Um, <laughs> big, big time big. Uh, and space for 100 marijuana plants in a well-set-up system of hydroponic cultivation under LED grow lights. They also found about 100 pounds of harvested marijuana, $130,000 in cash, and a small office containing a desk with books on plant husbandry and a copy of the World Encyclopedia of Organized Crime. In a what? garage area, they came aco- Wait. upon a... Wait. Hold yeah. on. There's a, there's a book, an encyclopedia I, I of organized crime? Mm-hmm. Hold on. What you don't have one, dude? I keep one. I'm about every to add this to my fucking Christmas list. Dog. Every single, uh, every single hotel I go to, it's in the nightstand. Right, have you added it to your list? Wow! Look at this a real <laughs> book. Yeah, it would be weird if this guy just made up a book to like sell it. Like he well, made like... the book. He's just an up and coming author, and he's like, yeah, on his how on is his this desk. like? How is this information available and not detrimental to these organized crime? I mean, like, I think it's, I mean, it's just. Or are they know. passing it out? <laughs> <laughs> hey, just so you know what's going on at our next hey, meeting. Here you go. Read well, up. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how up to date the info is, but. That's what I mean. So, like, it's either useful to him or it's dead. If it's useful to him, it seems like it would be detrimental to them. Unless that's, he's just using it I'm as like the history repeats gore. itself and I can utilize what previous crime organizations have done and, and you know, hide my own things by not doing what they did to get caught. I guess, but he got caught. He 
did. Come but and try he to only take got his crops. Those think pigs about how he got his house down. He got caught, but he didn't get caught. He only got caught because bees started turning red. You know what I'm saying? Right. But that's just, I mean. And that is not in the organization or the world encyclopedia of organized crime. Well, it sounds like he was also getting high on his own supply there if other people were smelling it. Well, it, well, we don't know and if he that. St- and then he got got, and then he done got himself. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I love Mason Ramsey. <laughs> <laughs> so, in a garage area, they came upon a collection of vintage cars. A Bentley and a Rolls Royce among them, which suggested that Mandela led a flashier life when not at the factory. Later reports mentioned his use of cocaine, his boat, his lavish spending on restaurants, and his fiancée, a former okay, penthouse this is all, model. <laughs> this is all crazy. What, everything's making way more sense now. <laughs> yep. <clears throat> I didn't know he was a fucking kingpin on the side. I thought he just had 100 marijuana crops. Now, here's where it gets like really sad. Had Uh-oh. Mandela lived, he could have gone to jail for two or three years. More likely, oh. he would have received probation. The DA charged the company with criminal possession of marijuana in the first degree, a felony, and with failing to comply with laws re- relating to wastewater dumping, a misdemeanor. The company. Wait, so pl- this dude didn't know. I mean, maybe the shame from his family was enough to send him Right, yeah. We don't know but what, if it like. it was because of the jail, how did he not know that, but he has the fucking encyclopedia of yeah. goddamn organized crime on his desk? I guess, yeah. I'm assuming it's probably more like my entire life is ruined because my secret hidden life has been discovered. Is right, and I get like the yeah, and the fiance and like yeah, yeah, cocaine boats, right? Or uh, like yeah, I don't know. He could have just done the time and then gone to Miami and lived like a normal. That isn't that how everyone in Miami lives normally. I think so. That's my understanding. Or at this it's point just, in history, anyway, it's just neon lights and cocaine boats. It's um, kind of sick, actually. Yeah, it's like yo, we gotta move. <laughs> so. Um, the company pleaded guilty to both charges and paid a fine of 1.2 million. After that judgment, no further charges were filed. The DA did not want to destroy a successful local business that provided a number of Brooklyn residents with jobs. Also, investigators had been unable to find evidence to prove that the marijuana was being sold, nor had they tried very hard to find such evidence. The volume of the operation, obviously larger than was needed for personal use, implied that Mandela had been selling it. How and to whom had, uh, and who helped him build the farm, who serviced the plumbing, the wiring, the grow lights remain intriguing questions he was not around to answer. Dude, they don't know his token habits. He could be smoking all that. He could be. Yeah, maybe it's just, just like, yo. Just absolutely RPN <laughs> ripping. Just Yeah. Oof. Um, so in his will, Mandela left an estate that included eight point five million dollars in cash, more than enough to cover the fine. Dana and Dominic go. received fifty five percent of the company between them. Joanne and their aunt got 20%, and 25 went to Antoinette, their half-sister. The older daughters decided to take personal charge of the business they now controlled. After the news of the raids, some customers dropped Adele's for other cherry suppliers, but by traveling the country to meet with customers individually, Dana and Dominic were able to keep most of them, and later persuaded a few who'd left to come back. Most of their large-volume restaurant chains stayed on. A young employee, Joshua Sabino, had been hired by Mandela the day before the raid. Which is great. Like, imagine that being your, like, second day on the job. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> my passion. Cherries. <laughs> oh, let's get in today. <laughs> so Sabino was excited about his new job, but when he saw the police everywhere, he figured that the factory would have to close. He had been grateful to Mandela for hiring him. But the factory closed only for two days, he told me. They kept all the workers, and we even got paid for the days it was closed. It felt like Mr. Mandela That's was sick. still taking care of me. That's um, sad. 
In May 2016, Dana and Dominic sued the city for recklessness and negligence in the death of their father, saying that the raid to search for environmental violations had only been a ruse, that officers had obtained a warrant fraudulently, and that the police should have taken their father's gun from him to protect him from harming himself. They're, which, I, that's a valid uh, argument, I suppose. I, I agree that based on the way the author has framed this, that the cops were looking for drugs and not... yeah. Actually, that's a, also a good point. Is like this could this could be very heavily influenced by the context that it's been written in, but from what we have here, that sounds legit. Yeah, I think they have a, a suit on um, their hands. Yeah. So their lawyer, uh, Richard Luthman of Staten Island, characterized the raid as cowboys and Indians. Uh, he asked for fifty million dollars. He knows a lot of history there. <laughs> Well, he, he described it as cowboys and Indi- as a cowboys and Indians operation that got out of hand and asked for... It still doesn't really make sense to me, but that's fine. Nope. <laughs> uh, and asked for 50, federal ju- uh, 50 million dollars in... 50, 50 million federal judges. He asked for 50 million dollars in damages and penalties. The following April, Judge Leo Glazer, a federal judge in the Eastern District, issued a ruling in which he called the claims preposterous and threw the lawsuit out. The officer had, had no duty to protect Mandela from suicide, Glasser said. The warrant did not call for searching him. He was never in police custody, and no one could have reasonably expected that he might shoot himself over a misdemeanor environmental violation. So, that's uh, that's a bummer. Right, I feel like as soon as you f- find a secret wall, this isn't probably about, like... Yeah. If you find a secret wall and you're like, we're going to knock it down, he's like, I gotta go to the bathroom. That's pretty... <laughs> Right. Suspicious. And I don't think like someone has a secret wall just to hide like that they're turning bees red. Yeah. That's that yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> what if that was part of his like evil mastermind plan? And he was like a <laughs> like a super villain. And he's like, once all the bees are red, the sun will like <laughs> other blind people will never get their honey. <laughs> um so I'm skipping a little bit of the article because it's a lot of just kind of Fluff, I'm getting closer to the end now. Closer David to the Selig, end now. And the restaurateur, now. who had been the factory's nearest beekeeping neighbor, had created one hit restaurant after another. A recent success, Rockaway Taco, <laughs> had inspired him to move. Yep. <laughs> has inspired him to move from Red Hook to that distant part of the city. Selig is another Canadian offspring, a wiry man with dark Gaelic features, and a greeter's easy manner. I have great admiration for Arthur and a lot of empathy, Selig said. He was in the factory morning and night. At one time or another, I've slept in every one of my businesses. And after years in restaurants, which in New York City have to be the most regulated industry on the planet, I knew what he was facing. If the city and the feds had started in with him, they'd still be on him to this day. He grew up in this regulatory world, and I'm sure he knew how it would go down. What he did was unthinking. What he did was unthinking, like pushing a friend out of the way of a speeding car. He did that boyhood type of loyalty. He gave himself up for his family. Sharice Mayo, who was one of the first to notice the red honey, no longer keeps bees. She has dark curly and brown eyes. She has dark curly hair and brown eyes. <laughs> she has dark curly brown eyes. Uh, flying wingtip to wingtip. After the summer of 2010, she gave her bees away. The thought of how the thought of how difficult. <laughs> <laughs> she goes down to some homeless guy in the street. Yeah, she just opens some, a bunch of bees. A box of bees, just pissed off. Uh, the thought of how difficult it is. To know what they'll get into in an urban environment discouraged her. If she ever keeps bees again, she wants to be out in the country in a more pastoral setting. 
I quote what I I still kind of don't understand the re- what the restaurant tour said. Uh, he was just he saying was like, there's like, so many regulations. I would have killed myself too. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> so that is kind of like 20 percent of what it sounded like. But I think he was just saying like, like he's just on his little boy shit. Just loyalty, I assume just blowing his brains out. <laughs> I assume the main point was like, hey, uh, he did this as like a like he was just like. I gotta. I'm going down. I gotta save my family, and, and so I gotta do this. Like, dude, trust me. The regulations in this city. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't believe. Uh, I assume that's the point of of that whole bit. So, Sharice uh, Mayo says, "I felt horrible when I learned of Mr. Mandela's death. How hard it must have been to carry all the weight he had to deal with. I even saw some follow up stories that seemed to be blaming his death on the bees. That's crazy." The bees were just <laughs> behaving like bees. That is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and that is the end of the Maraschino Mogul's secret life. So. If the family just like resented bees. Yeah, so. it just became a war of bees versus. <laughs> but I just found it very interesting how I think red bees are a cool concept. And Hell yeah, dude. Then it's the shiny Pokemon. Dark spiral of this man taking his own life over. His marijuana plants. Over um, bees. Over bees. So find a bee and punch it in the head today. <laughs> Go out there and do your job. Yeah, revenge for Johnny Maraschino. Revenge killings for the Maraschino bee boys. Um and yeah, that's that's the uh that's the story, guys. Thank you for another episode of of Lollygagging and Gollylagging. Good times. Um, if you, if you want to hit the review and give us the stars, do it. If oh, you want to follow, so great. do it. You can check us out on mondaymorningmacabre.com for Patreon yeah. and merch. Go to Pod on Twitter. Go to mondaymorningmacabre on Instagram. Do all the things. Tell your friends. Tell your folks. Tell your turkey. Whisper into your meat on Thanksgiving and say, hey, turkey, in the afterlife, check out this podcast. And if you actually do that, send a video and send it to us because that would be incredible. Yes, please. And uh, besides that, guys, I hope you have a, a wonderful Thanksgiving. Yeah. And to all a good night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love you. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye.